Welcome to Get With IT, a podcast by IT Ops Times. I'm Jacob Lukwitz, multimedia editor at IT Ops Times. In this podcast episode, IT Ops Times Editor-in-Chief David Rubenstein recently had an interesting conversation about what the differences are between platform engineers, SREs, versus DevOps. His guest was Luca Galante from the product team at Humanitech. Without further ado, here's how it went. Yeah, the 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 one thing that really um, struck me as kind of interesting, and I think a lot of people are still confused about, is the whole you know, platform engineer versus DevOps versus SRE, you know, what's Mm -hmm. the role? Is it overlap? What are, you know, what are the defined uh, differentiators as it were? So maybe we can start with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I think like from our perspective and what we kind of like advocate for in the community, platform engineering, the, the mission really is to enable true, you build it, you run from the perspective of the developer, which means, which is kind of like the core tenet of DevOps, right? Um, and so there was this whole controversy around DevOps is dead, long live platform engineering. Um, we leveraged that because as a kind of like as a marketing gimmick that worked really well, went, went quite viral. Um, but the reality really is, you know, a little bit more nuanced than that, which is the, the day-to-day reality of, of DevOps is quite frustrating um, for a lot of the people that are involved in it, both on the developer's side and on the operation side. So from the developer perspective, you know, um, with this converging trends of the last decade or so of cloud native, Kubernetes, IAC, and GitOps, and all these things, right? Um, what used to be, you know, pretty simple tasks, like, hey, deploy a small change to an environment and test something and you know, before you push it to prod, um, has now become, you know, a process where you need to touch five, six different cloud native tools that you're not really familiar with. You have to touch a bunch of scripts that the ops have put together that you're, you know, worried about screwing up. And so um, this just creates a lot of cognitive load for developers and a lot of frustration and waiting times in the system. And on the flip side of that, you know, operations or DevOps teams, um, tend to become this bottleneck that is constantly trying to, you know, keep above water, putting out fires and, and basically doing ticket ops, right? Um, and so what we have seen is, comp, you know, leading engineering organizations have realized very quickly that this promise of DevOps was actually, you know, um, extremely hard to actually you know, make happen in practice without some sort of platform layer in between developers and operations that would allow developers to self-serve what they need to run their apps and services and operations to, you know, uh, just survive and and, and work on, on better products than, than standing up, you know, the end post-SQL and, you know, provision and then and, and like spinning up an environment and stuff like that. And so... Um, and so, you know, kind of like the mission, both at Humanitech and especially with the platform engineer community, was to just like, you know, spread the knowledge around this idea of platform engineering and the building platforms is, you know, it's not the DevOps killer, but it's like how you actually get DevOps done, how you actually get to a place where developers 
can build and run and operate their applications in self-service independently from operations without being stuck and being dependent on them. Right. So I was at a um, Gartner conference in December on their infrastructure and operations uh, and met with a bunch of folks who uh, many of them kind of sneered when I mentioned platform engineering as if, oh, this isn't anything new. We've been doing this for a long time. Now it's just become a buzzword, uh, you know, and they just felt that it was being overhyped. Uh, and I'm just kind of curious to get uh, your take on that. I certainly believe like platform engineering is rooted in, you know, what comes before that, the same way that DAOs was rooted in what came before that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there is a key difference that a lot of people that are maybe not very familiar with the key concepts that we, you know, advocate for in the community are missing, which is, you know, um, until now, whether you're talking about SRE or DevOps or, or you're like, you know, back in the day, sys admin or infrastructure person, the main thing to worry about is effectively maintenance and reliability uh, in some way or the other. And, and kind of like, you know, building out the system, maintaining the system type of thing. Um, the key sort of like evolution that we propose is, um, you know, really summed up in one key principle for us, which is platform as a product, which means um, instead of being this kind of, you know, support or team, support organization to the rest of the engineering org, you are a very central product team, which is shipping a product for the rest of the org. Um, and your your customers are, your internal customers are, the rest of the engineering or the developers. Mm -hmm. um, and so this requires both a different type of skill set and a shift in mindset from, you know, hey, I'm just doing DevOps and, you know, keeping this, this thing running to I am building a very tight feedback loop between me and between us as a platform team and, and the rest of the org um, and making sure that, you know, I solve the, the, the sort of like the share problems and I, and I build this glue and I build this golden path and I really optimize for developer experience in this. And this requires, um, you know, a, a different set of skills, right? So in a lot of DevOps teams, you won't necessarily have, you know, maybe front end or, or, or QAs or, or PMs. And that's what you need in a platform team, especially at a certain size. Um, I think one of the most key roles is really this PM that is, you know, being the bridge between the rest of the org and the platform team. Um, and then it just requires a shift in mindset, which is, hey, you need to listen. Um, communication becomes a really key part of the skill set as well um, in terms of uh, in terms of the culture that you wanna that you wanna bring about. Because it's you know when we when we talk about platform engineering, you're really talking about organizational transformation um, on many on many different layers, right? Obviously, you need to get that um, sort of like executive buy in, but you also need to get um, you know, developer adoption. And that's really tricky. Uh, and we've seen a lot of uh, also very talented teams fail at that because they just didn't build the right communication um, and almost internal go-to-market strategy, if you will. Because again, mm -hmm. you need to think about it as a product and product, a product requires, you know, both the product team, but also the distribution team. So how do you market this thing internally? Right. So speaking about it uh, practically, uh, so do you embed the platform engineers with the development team so that they can create 
uh, what the developers need because that doesn't uh, that is not a constant that's constantly changing is actually what that is. So what is the relationship between the the teams that are creating the platforms to developers to work on and the developers themselves? Right. Yeah, that's a, it's a separate team altogether. Um, and, um, it, uh, it doesn't mean that you can't have. So in fact, you know, in, in large organizations, we see, you know, platform team, uh, also, uh, in, you know, very large organizations, often multiple platform teams are actually building competing products. Um, cause that's kind of, you know, obviously the, the healthiest way, but the reality for the vast majority of kind of mid-sized, large-sized enterprises, you have one platform team. You might also have, you know, you still might have like an SRE infrastructure team. Cause again, that's like very different, um, type of focus that they have. And then the platform team, um, you know, really, um, I mean, you know, there, obviously there are two scenarios. It's kind of like Greenfield and, and Brownfield, um, I think the the you know the 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 thing that we see in the vast majority of cases is obviously brownfield, which means you already have a bunch of different dev teams that have their own stack. Um, you know, some will prefer I don't know Jenkins, uh, some will prefer Argo plus Circle. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, everybody has their own thing. Right. And then the the platform team kind of like looks at all of this and tries to figure out what's the minimum common denominator um, that solves the you know, that addresses the largest possible sur- surface of, of problems that I can solve and then start from there. And then usually start working with, you know, usually what we see um, a one of the most advanced um, dev teams within within the company because they're usually the ones that are most flexible. They're also more familiar with maybe, you know, cl- more cloud native or, 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 you know, newer technologies and pieces of the stack. And then from there, again, it's really important that they figure out that first bit with that and then, you know, start expanding to the rest of the org um, bit by bit um, and keeping, you know, keeping an eye out for, you know, what are, what are you know, solving common problems and, um, and making sure that you really are working as the glue to your, your you know, you're building this glue to your, to your, to, to your delivery tool chain. Um, and and glue all of these tech and tools into golden paths that make sense, right? Mm-hmm. And so, as an example, the you know the golden path that you build for the first team or for you know advanced users can be very different from a less experienced user. And that's another other kind of like the key principles that we advocate for in the community is you know what's the right level of abstraction, what's the right level of context that you want to provide to um, to your developers because as an example, a so for instance, a um, senior backend engineer that is very keen to mess around with their YAML files and the Helm charts for Kubernetes deployments and stuff like that. Um, you know, you wanna you wanna make sure that you don't abstract all of that away from them because they'll feel they're losing control, right? right? And they'll they're immediately pushed back on the on on the on the idea of having a platform because for them, platform is like. Oh, now you're just building this like click opsy thing between me and my my job, um, right, and right. and it's annoying. Um, but on the flip side of that, you might have a you know junior front end engineer that doesn't care whether you're running on EKS or AKS or what are even running on Kubernetes at all. Like they just right, they just want to like you know deploy a small change and test what it looks like or whatever. Um, and so for them, you can actually build a much more intuitive, you know, very simple, dumbed down kind of like click ops um, thing or 
you know, still just doing all full code base, which is another thing that we usually advocate for. Um, cause that tends to be preferred across the board, it, regardless of, you know, how familiar and confident you are with, you know, the text and tools in the stack. Um, but yeah, and so, so that's really the job of the platform engineer is like just listen and, and build a product, right? Right. Is there a conflict with the more senior developers who might be more uh, DevOps savvy and cloud savvy that, you know, have been, uh, you know, doing their own setups for a while and would like to continue to do that? Like they know what they want to use and they know how to put it together. Uh, does that come into conflict with a platform engineer within an organization or... Is it, it kind does. of the Wild West, or how how do they get that under control? Yeah, it, it does. That's a great question. Um, I think uh, so. It's definitely so. This sort of like the senior backend persona that has done some like opsy stuff is basically the one that we've seen uh, can can create the most pushback on a on a platform initiative, right. and that's because you know it's a bit of this like sort of like tragedy of the commons where. You know, from the perspective of the org, is a net is a huge net positive in most cases, given certain size and other 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 factors that we can get into. But from the selfish perspective of the developer, that as we said, maybe has full control over all the scripts and everything. Um, you know, it can feel like an obstruction, and that's where I think there's there's two things. Um, we've seen we've seen cases of that <laughs> that got solved relatively quickly because. Actually, what does happen in a lot of scenarios is what we call shadow ops, which means, um, you know, because you're the senior backend in a team and you're the one that does some opsy stuff, you also become the point of reference for the rest of the team whenever they need something, right? <laughs> because yeah. the other the others on the team are not confident enough to. I don't really want to mess around with this hell chart. I don't fully understand what's going on here, and so it's like, hey. Can you can you figure this thing out for me, right? Yeah. And then and then you basically create like many many small bottlenecks in each team where each of this like actually very expensive, very um, you know important resources are you know being blocked and blocking others. And right. so when that becomes quite apparent, they actually they can quickly turn into into some of the biggest uh, advocates, um, similar to ops because. Ops is usually ops platform DevOps, whatever you want to call it, is where we see you know the the biggest advocates internally because they they're the ones that feel the the biggest pain, right? Um, um, yeah, so so in, in that in that scenario, um, you know that that kind of solves itself pretty quickly. Uh, and then in the other one, I think is really about how does the platform fit? So so when you know you, when you get pushback, how do how do successful platform teams face that is again about you know building that feedback loop but is it and it's specifically about you know how does the platform fit in your current workflow and that's why i think if you look at something you know like this kind of like click opsy dashboards uis that a lot of people build they tend to fail um especially at a certain scale is because you know from when you look at it from a kind of like management perspective, that seems to make all the sense of the world because it's like, oh, great. Let's build this like, you know, pretty thing that shows everything that's going on and gives us, you know, great, you know, dashboards on Dora metrics and all those things. Um, but the reality set is what we've seen is most developers just, you know, their workflow is just fully code-based. They, they don't want to 
jump into some UI they don't really fully understand or, you know, where they feel restricted um, to, to do some stuff and then go back, you know, pushing their code or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so the important thing is just to, to make sure that you build those different golden paths for the different users and, and that you have, especially for the senior backend, it like usually a, a very code based thing where you can still enforce, you know, RBC, you can still enforce certain policies on an org level that, uh, you know, might or might not restrict them. Um, but that's also kind of the point of, you know, if you think about what's the difference between the internal developer platform, which is kind of like what we push for um, in the community and, and a pass, right? Uh, is that a, a pass comes extremely opinionated. Um, and basically, you have the product team of a pass like in Oroku, you know, that says basically what they're saying is like, hey, I figured out what's the minimum common denominator that works across the entire market. And, and, and here it is, you know, and you can customize just a little bit, but not too much. And that's fine. That works really well for Greenfield. It works really well for, you know, up to like 30, 50 developers. It tends to, you know, fail massively as you, as you, as you grow and as you scale. And so what the IDP is on the other hand is, you know, kind of like it, it provides a past like experience, right? But it, you know, with, Keeping in mind that you know, at a complex in a complex you know brownfield enterprise setup, you will have to build these different levels of context and these different golden paths for different types of users and different types of teams. And so then, in that world, what platform engineering becomes is, hey, here's a, an unopinionated toolbox of both you know open source tools like Argo and vendors like Humanitech that um, that you can use to build your own opinionated workflows because. The key idea here is there's nobody that knows how to build those workflows better than you do as, as you know, your internal platform team. Absolutely. Great. Uh, all right. Well, uh, unfortunately, we're out of time. I would love to talk uh, more about this. A couple of topics we didn't get to get into. So maybe we can circle back at uh, another time and, and, you know, dive into some other aspects of this. I would enjoy that. Yeah, happy to. Anytime, David. Great. So Luca Galante, he's a product lead and lead contributor to the platform engineering community at Humanitech. Thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it, Luca. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me. And I'd like to thank all our listeners who are uh, hanging in there with us. Appreciate your time again. And, uh, and until next time, so long for now. <laughs>